into the Word of God here today. Hebrews 11. Get your Bibles, your tablets, your phones, get whatever you got out. We're going to talk about Hebrews 11. I wanted to share something before you, we get into Hebrews 11 that has to do with the topic today. Activate your faith. Um, what we're talking about today is this whole chapter of examples of people in Old Testament times that lived in active faith. Uh, we learned in chapter 10, at the end of chapter 10, Pastor Tom last week told us something we already know, but he just made it real clear. Sin sucks. It does. We said it in church right there. Sin sucks. But sin sucks and it's terrible and it ruins our lives. And so the opposite of sin is for us to have this faith in Jesus and this hope in him that we can live better lives, that he can work in our lives and through our lives. And so it tells us that we should have faith and assurance of our salvation and relationship with Jesus. And then chapter 11 comes along, gives us a quick definition of faith, and then it gives us example after example of people who have walked out their faith and what it looks like to us. Oh, that's the practical side of living out the life of faith. Well, we got something on Facebook this past week that was just like kind of a neat post to our, our uh, Hope Chapel Kaneohe Bay uh, Facebook page. And um, it was just kind of like a praise report of someone that's faith in action, activity in faith. Let's, let's look at this real quick. It says, I just wanted to say thank you to whomever's husband stopped to help me on the poly near Kapa'a Quarry today. He was wearing a Hope Chapel Kanyoi Bay t-shirt. Come on. That's our church, right? And someone helped him out. It says this, the kids and I were stranded for three hours on the side of the road when my car decided to have a fit. And he was the only person who stopped. And you know what shirt he was wearing, right? And it says, I appreciated his kindness and I apologize that he saw me in the middle of my meltdown. Laugh out loud. <laughs> Anyways, we're finally home now, so thanks again. And someone wrote, this is why I love my church. Thank you, whomever helped out. Is that cool? That's cool. You know, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, praise God. Praise God for people like that in our lives who come along at the right time and they're activating their faith. They're living out their faith. I mean, that's awesome. I, I'm really hoping that if that was you, are you here today? Did anybody, is, is that guy here today? Was it? That was your husband? Yes, that's awesome. See, I was hoping, I was worried that it might have been someone that just came up and we're giving away free t-shirts and like, awesome, free shirt. I'm never going back there again, you know? Like, woo, someone's actually in our church. That's amazing. Like, yes, could be a lot worse, yeah? See, the risk we, want, we run with giving away free t-shirts for our church is that sometimes this happens and you're like, yeah, but literally there was a time like two years ago when there was a story on the news of someone robbing a store with the Men of Hope t-shirt on. Like, yeah! <laughs> Busted, caught on tape, and we're like, oh, no. So the whole free t-shirt thing, double-edged sword. It's, it's a risky take, right? So anyway, praise God, the person in the Hope in the World shirt actually goes to our church. Awesome. So here's my point. Anybody can wear a t-shirt, but you got to live to what that t-shirt represents. And, and what we're talking about today is activating your faith. See, anybody can have faith. Everybody can say, I believe in God. Anybody can show up to church for a service once a weekend, call themselves a Christian, put the label on, put the t-shirt on, put the little fish sticker on the car, he greater than I. Anybody can do that. But it's how you activate it and how you actually live it. And here's someone wearing the shirt, living up to what the shirt's all about. Amen? And so today in scripture, we're going to look at um, the definition of faith and just what it means to actually activate your faith. So what is faith? Hebrews 1.11 says, or 11.1, sorry, backwards. It says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. 
It gives us assurance about the things that we cannot see. So here's a simple definition of faith is, it's confidence in God when you can't see it. Faith is a confident assurance and trust in God to come through, to be who he is, that something good is going to happen when you absolutely can't see it. Now, we got to hit this right off the bat. Faith is not your relationship with God when everything is going perfectly good in your life. There's no need to have faith when you got everything you want and you're happy. Does that make sense? There's nothing to... The definition of faith is when you can't see it, and yet you trust in something that you cannot see. That's the kind of faith that this author of Hebrews is trying to get us to live. It's, it goes beyond the head. It goes even beyond the heart. It's when it gets to the hands and the feet. It's when we understand, I believe in God and I live like it. You know, if God were to ask you, uh, if someone were to ask you the question, are you a Christian? And you say, yeah. And they're like, oh, I couldn't tell. Oh, that's a, that's a cut right there, right? Like, oh, Carl, you're a, you're a Christian? You're bad. Yeah, yeah, I, I love God. Oh, yeah, I, I couldn't tell. It's hard to see. See, active faith is when you actually live what you believe. And, and it's about what you can't see. Look at some verses in Hebrews 11. Um, I don't think I have all these on the, script, the, the board, but it's just a, a list of living faith out loud. And I look at verse um, 7. It talks about the faith of Noah. It says, through, through faith, Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about, and here's the, the unseen, things that had never happened before. Here's a proof of what real faith is, is when you believe in something that never happened before. Can, can you just picture this? Like, he goes, hey, no, I want you to build the boat. Like, what, what's a boat? I don't even understand what. Yeah, and by the way, I want you to round up every single animal, two of them, put them all on your boat. Wait, are you kidding me? There's no way this is going to happen. And by the way, the, here's what the boat's for. The whole earth, the entire planet, is going to be covered with water. Wh- what? Here's Noah going, that had never happened before. And yet, he walked the life of faith, and he did it anyway. You see what faith is all about? When you don't see what could happen, but you trust in God anyway. Verse 8, it talks about Abraham, who obeyed God when God called him to leave his home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. And it says this, he went without knowing where he was going. Couldn't see it. He didn't know where he was going. Packed up everything. Just started walking. And then God came through and led to the promise and the blessing. But he didn't know where he was going. Uh, Verse 11 talks about Sarah, Abraham's wife. Says she was able to have a child, though she was barren and too old. She had faith to say, God's going to give me a child. I'm like 90. My husband's like 100 years old. And she, well, let's be honest, she's human. She laughed at first when God told her, right? She's like, Sarah, you're going to have a kid. She's like, ha, 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 yeah, right. And he goes, and you're going to name him Isaac, which means laughter. She's like, oh, okay. But she believed it, right? And she's old. And it says that she was barren and too old. She believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. See, you know you're old when someone describes you as, oh, you know that guy, Carl? Yeah, what about, you know the one that he's as good as dead? Oh yeah, that old guy? See, that, that's old, right? I don't want to live to be that old that people would describe me by saying, yeah, you know the guy who's as good as dead? Just take me home to Jesus already. But here's Abraham and Sarah. They knew they were old. They can't have kids, but God said it could happen. They believed the promise and they got the blessing. You understand how faith is what is not seen. That's why faith is so difficult, but it's so important. Verse 17 talks about Abraham when he actually offered that miracle baby Isaac as a sacrifice to God when he was testing him. It says Abraham who had received God's promise 
was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac, even though God had told him, Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. And he's going, you want me to kill Isaac, but he's the one that you're going to build all my descendants? I'm doing it anyway, because I know you, God, and I trust you. That's crazy. But that's the kind of faith that God is asking us to have. If you read the, the book or the chapter of chapter 11, it gives us all these things. So it's confidence in God when you can't see it. But here's what faith actually is. What is the confidence in God? It's confidence in three things about God. And if you could put that up on the board, it's faith is confidence in God's person, God's plans, and God's promises. That's important. You got to get all of that stuff. See, what is the person of God? Trusting in the person of God. Trusting that God, his character, his personality, is he's a loving father see some of us have had really good fathers some of us had terrible fathers some of you you've never even met your father and to describe God would be something like this weigh the good attributes of your your father what a father or dad is supposed to be about weigh the bad things like the times he lost his temper or he wasn't there at your soccer game or he did whatever grab all the bad stuff about what a father is get rid of it dump it now you're left with all the good things that a father is that's God times a billion, okay? All the best stuff about what a dad is supposed to be. I got to get to know the fact that I can have confidence in this God because he is the best father ever. That's part of his person, his nature. Not only that, but me left to my own devices couldn't even have relationship with him because of sin and separation. So Jesus, the other part of God's trinity, came along and threw me a lifeline. I was drowning and I was destined for hell. You know, every one of us, all we deserve is hell because we've sinned and we've messed up. We don't have relationship with this loving father. But Jesus now, part of God's person, comes along and he throws us a life preserver and he reels us in and he gives us eternal salvation, eternal safety if we would have relationship with him. And Jesus becomes our friend. We can know him as a friend. The Bible says that because he relates to everything you're going through. This is the awesome thing about Jesus is he walked in our shoes. He came down the God of heaven and became a man. And just think about all the stuff you struggle with, like, oh man, I'm mad at that person. Or, oh, I stubbed my toe. Or puberty, you know, or acne. All that stuff says Jesus experienced everything that we did, but without sin. So see, now we have this loving father. We have this savior in Jesus, who's also our friend and goes, I know what you're going through because I went through it. And then he's given us in his person, the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit is really the best way that we can actually have relationship with God. The Holy Spirit of all members of the Trinity, he's the one that we know the best, the one that we know the most. God, the Father's in heaven. Jesus was down here. He went back up to prepare the place for us. The Holy Spirit lives in our body as a temple. Our connection to God right here, right now, is with the Holy Spirit leading and guiding and empowering and giving us boldness and doing spiritual gifts. So I gotta trust, if I wanna have real faith, I gotta have confidence in the person of who God is. But more than that, I got to have confidence in his plans. You know what that means is? The plans he has for my life are always better than the plans I have for my own life. Hands down, that's trusting God's plans. That's faith. Is when, God, you're the boss. You're, be- you're bigger. You're better than everything. As much as I don't see this, it doesn't make sense. I want to go my way. Faith is saying, God, you're the man. And I trust you. You're a sovereign king. You're in control. I trust your plans for my life. And then thirdly, what you have to trust in is the promises of God. Because what you're saying is, God, I believe in your personality, who you are. I believe in the plans you've laid out. They're the best plans. But I'm missing it and I'm falling short if I don't trust in the promises. The promises mean if I do your plans and I go your way, 
there is a promise of blessing and good things happening in my life. And so we have to believe that. We have to believe his person, his plans, and that his promises actually come true. That's what faith is all about. I want to tell you some things about faith today that we learned from, from Hebrews 11 in all of these just examples. And you can go read through them. I'm not going to go through all the lists. But basically, it's just example after example of what it looks like to have active faith. Here's one of the things I want you to write down is that faith releases God's blessing in our lives. Faith is what releases God's blessing. Just being a Christian, just saying, well, I go to church and I read my Bible once in a while and all of that, that's not going to release the blessings in your life. It's the fact that you have to have faith. And here's what it says in, in the word of God. Don't take my word for it. Take Hebrews 11:2, where it says, through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. You want God's approval in your life? You want to earn a good reputation with him? You better have faith, a confident trust in what you can't see. Hebrews eleven six says, it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. God is only pleased and will reward you if you have active faith. Verse 16, after it lists a bunch of people that have lived the life of faith, it says, God's not ashamed of these people. He's not ashamed to be called their God. That means if you're living a true life of activating your faith, God's actually going, I'm proud of you. I know you make mistakes, but I see your heart. I see what you're trying to do, and you're sold out to me. And you know what? I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm not ashamed to tell the other angels in heaven, hey, Carl, that's my boy. I'm proud of my son over there. Yeah, I know he messed up over there, and he messed up over there. doesn't matter. I am proud of this man because he's living his life in faith in me, and he's trying his best. And God says that about you and me if we have active faith. The blessings are only released... If we have a faith that puts God first and takes ourselves out of the picture. Here's what I know. Faith isn't about inviting God into my situation and asking for his help. It's not that. That's not what Christianity, it's not like a quick fix. Here's what faith does. Faith gets me out of the way so that God can bring blessings in my situation. Did you hear that? Faith gets you and me out of the way so that God has freedom to come in. The only ones limiting God and his power in our lives are ourselves. He's unlimited. He could do whatever he wants. Sometimes we just get in his way. I look at it like this. I got a six-year-old daughter, Sammy. She um, loves My Little Pony. Anybody heard of that, My Little Ponies? I mean, you don't have to have them in your house. I'm just saying, have you ever heard of that cartoon and that toy? Some of you, come on, you got to help me here because I don't know who I'm talking to, like how, how in-depth I got to go into my Wikipedia knowledge of My Little Pony, which is very limited. But My Little Ponies are these little toy dolls, right, with the, like some of them fly, and they're called like Rainbow Dash and Fluttershy and weird things like this, right? My daughter loves the My Little Pony. She's got all of them in the shower with her every day, and I'm like always stepping on My Little Ponies. And then she's got all the toys. She watches the, the cartoons, and she loves to go on YouTube, and you type in My Little Pony, and there's all kind of crazy stuff. There's the cartoons, but then there's also the cartoons in Spanish in there, you know, and she watches all of them anyway. Like, My Little Pony, My Little Pony. And then you got the weird stuff where the toys come in the mail, and people play with the toys, and they film themselves playing with the toys like adults. Even weirder still is there's actually grown men that collect My Little Ponies and wear the shirts and watch the shows. They're called bronies. Did you guys know that? The bros that are into the ponies. It's, it's a legit deal. Creepy, weird, definitely. If you're in here and you're a brony, it's still creepy. I'll say it. I'll tell you to your face. That's weird. But my daughter's into the, the ponies and the bronies and the whole deal, right? And so she goes on the computer and she wants to, to watch all the YouTubes on the ponies. And I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, let's, you know, whatever, let me help you. But she gets, she's six. 
So she clicks on the wrong buttons all the time and, and ads are popping up and, and episodes are playing and there's like five episodes playing with ads all over. She can't see it. She's freaking out and she says this, Dad, come help me. I have a need. I can't see the ponies. What's going on? And so I come over. I try to help her out, but she won't let me, right? Because she wants to do it. No, I got to do it. And I'm like, no, let me, just let me press this button here. Click this. No, 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 no. And then finally, she's frustrated enough where she understands, I got to get out of the way. I get out of the seat. I got to let dad sit down with a cl- few clicks of the mouse. Boom, boom, boom. I got the ponies going on, right? She's all happy. But here's the life lesson that I learned in that is sometimes I just got to get myself out of the way so God can come in and fix my life. So he can come in and bring the blessing. That's what faith is, guys. Faith isn't, I'm good, I'm in control, I need some help from God. Faith is, you know what? I'm out of the way. I submit to you, God, your person, your plans, your promises. You know what to do. You can bring about the miracle. I can't do it on my own. I can't do it helping you. I just got to let you do, and I'll listen to whatever you tell me to do. Does that make sense? Guys, you got to get out of the way. Let the bronies go, but just get out of the way. Let God get into your life. Um, but here's the question. You look in the, the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that chapter, and you see all these examples of people that God did incredible blessings. He brought dreams that were fulfilled. He did miracles. He took them to places that they've never been before. But it was the faith, the act of faith that released that. So as we're listening to this today and you read Hebrews 11, I hope you do, what are the dreams that God's put in you? What are the things that you would like to see activated and released in your life? What are the dreams? What are the blessings, the miracles? What are the promises that God has made you? And it may be stuff like this, like, oh, I want to I own my own car someday or my own house someday, or I want to be married someday, or I, I kind of have that, that dream in my heart. No one knows about it. What if I quit my job, went back to school, and started this other career that I really feel led to? Or what if that person has a need over there? What if I could be the one to help them fill that need? What if I could be the light to my generation at school, if you're a student in school, what have I shown Jesus' love and I reached people for Jesus? What is the dream that he's got inside of you? I want to show you a video really quick that actually shows you some dreams that a couple of our church members had and what happened when they activated their faith. Check out, check out the screens really quick. I've always had a very deep interest in girls of the night. Um, They've always touched my heart for various reasons. And when I found out that there were 27 million enslaved and missing, it just tugged at my heart. And I realized at that point that God was calling me to step out in faith and um, do something for him. I asked Tammy if it was okay if we could get a group together and we started meeting here at Tammy's house, sitting around her table and just talking about what we would like to do, where we would like to go and there was, I knew that I wanted to have a safe house for the girls. One of the girls in mini church, she was working at um, a rehab center and she came in and said that there were 17 men that needed items for Christmas, belts and socks and toiletries and stuff. 
God just really started pressing on my heart to, to start helping the people that are in need in Hawaii. So I was like, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. So I like ran to the store and I bought 17 of everything. And I come home and I balanced my checkbook and then I was like, oh, I can't do this. So I had to return like half of it. And then I was really disappointed because I was like, I thought this is what you wanted me to do, God. Like, if this is what you want me to do, I'm trying to do it. It's not working out. I didn't have connections. Um, I'm not business savvy. I definitely don't like being a leader or speaking or writing, that kind of thing. So and I was like, okay, God, I, you know, I'm here. I'm willing. I'll do it, you know, your way. Just, you know, just provide it. Provide the way. And so my mind, the idea of him providing the way was for somebody to step up and start the ministry. And then I would step behind them and be like their biggest supporter, their biggest volunteer, you know, and I was getting mad because it wasn't happening. I was like, why isn't somebody listening to what God's telling them to do? You know, like God's got to be telling somebody to step up and do this. And then um, Pastor Carl, Carl did a sermon on 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and it was verses 10 through 12. And it was basically God saying that you've got a good heart, your intentions are good, but it's time to act. It's time to like basically get off your butt and do something. So I got on Facebook that night, made a Hope Closet page. I posted an ad on Craigslist and Facebook and explained that Hope Closet was going to be collecting donations from around the island of clothing, food, baby items, furniture, housewares, and that we would be giving it to um, families in need and the homeless around the island. By Saturday evening, our garage was packed. <laughs> and so I like had to hurry up and remove all the ads from Craigslist and everything because I didn't have room for more stuff. A couple days after that, Pastor Lance, the men's pastor here at Hope Chapel, um, his next door neighbor, their house burnt down and it like burnt completely to the ground and there were eight members in their family and so um, there was a church next to them that provided them with um, a space to stay in. We completely furnished their place. They had three sofas. We got beds for everybody, toys and books. I get so blessed from the people that donate and then the people that we give to. Um, everybody is just so gracious. Um, they're so happy to help. And so I think that's, that's what God wanted me to do is be the go-between. God had impressed it upon me that Lisa Snyder had already started Hope Closet and God was just, he just kept putting these little words into my ear like, you need to connect with Lisa. He's the one who told me that I need to ask Lisa if she would like to be under Islands of Hope because eventually we see where the girls, after they have healing and they're ready to get back into the workforce or training, Lisa will be able to take them under her wings and train them in the workforce. So we asked Lisa if she'd like to be under Islands of Hope. I truly felt like that God brought Vicki and I together, that there's a purpose that, because a lot of people come alongside you and say they want to help and they want to do things and they have visions, but this really felt like it was spirit-led. If God is placing something on your heart, if you feel like he's calling you to, to do something or to be a part of something, hesitate <laughs> because none of us are equipped to do what God's called us to do so just um, just take that first step of faith and just start 
doing it. Like even if you're not sure what it's supposed to look like or how it's supposed to be done, just start and God will start unfolding the steps for you. I just feel like I'm just the girl next door. Um, I had no idea that God was going to have me step out doing this. I totally am not capable of doing what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, um, none of this is about us. It's about what God can do through us. So you really just have to start moving. They started two ministries in our church, now combined into one. Um, your tithe dollars, by the way, helped us buy that uh, 501c3 licensing so that they could be their own nonprofit organization. So that's us being a part of that. But re the reality of that is, is that God gave those two women differently, uh, different ideas. One, Lisa, I got to help the needy and the homeless and the, those people that are hurting in this world in Hawaii, starting here and now. I can't wait for someone else to do it. But she said, no, I have the need in me. She had to activate the faith as she said, get off your butt and do something about it. And then God comes along and he helps you out. The same for Vicky is like, I have a heart for these women caught up in prostitution and, and sex slavery. And it would be good to have a safe house for them and all this. And I don't know, I don't know what to do it. But she took a step of faith, and it's all coming together, and amazing things are happening right now. So it's an example of we just have to kind of identify what is the dream or the vision or the promise or what, what is it that you need in your life that God could do something good. You just haven't activated it yet. I mean, think about that practically. Is it a marriage that needs to be saved? Is it a financial goal that you have? Is it going back to school? Is it is starting a new ministry? I don't, I don't know what it is, but God has got all of that for, for us in our lives. We just got to identify that and activate it. Because here's the deal. Your faith has to be activated before it will work just like a credit card. You guys got credit cards, debit cards or whatever, and you get them in the mail and you're all excited because you know the potential and the power that's behind that car, right? You're just like, oh, I could buy this, I could buy this, I could buy this. And it's got just this power, just one little card to do all kinds of stuff in your life, right? But you guys know it doesn't work until you peel the sticker off and you go and you activate it. It's the same thing with our faith. This God is on our side. He's got unlimited resources. He loves us. He wants to do all this stuff in our lives. And yet we just, we believe that, we know it. And we just don't activate it. We don't do anything about it. See, if you don't activate your faith, listen to this. If you don't activate your faith, it was nothing more than a good idea. And it'll die a good idea. If Lisa said, I wish I could help the homeless, that would be such a good thing to be able to help people in need. She didn't do anything about it. That would have just been a great idea that, let, that she let die. Are you guys getting what I'm saying about activating? This is what it's all about. If you don't get this from today's sermon, you're going to walk around these bummed out Christians and go, I believe in God. How come he's not doing anything in my life? And God's going, I'm waiting. You know, you do your part. I'll do mine. It's about activating. It's about stepping out and putting this stuff into action. So all the dreams I just told you, what's your dream, your promise, your goal? What's the thing in your life that you want changed? What are you doing about it? Because that's really what's, what's happening here. If you don't activate your faith, then it's nothing more than a good idea. James 2.19 says this. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. <laughs> Even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Because what makes you any better than a demon? The demons know who God is. They believe in him. They know what he's all about. But they're not acting it out. 
See, what makes us any better to say that I believe in God and it stays right here. Until it comes to the heart and to the hands that we activate it, God can't really do anything to partner with us because he's waiting for us to have that active faith. God responds to active faith. See, there's a story that's been kind of rattling around in my mind and my heart for the past week or so. It's a story in 2 Kings chapter 4 that I've heard a couple sermons on. I've been reading about it in my own personal reading in the Bible. Several other people just mentioned it casually in conversation. It's one of those things where you know when God's speaking to you because you keep hearing the same thing over and over and over. Here's the deal. It's a story about this lady in, in the Old Testament. She's a widow. Her husband died. She's got two sons. Does have any money. Women weren't allowed to work and bring in income back in the day. So she's just like, man, I'm going to have to get rid of my house, everything. I'm going to lose it all. She was in need. So she goes because she has faith in God. She goes to the man of God, the local prophet. Elisha, the prophet represents God. I know where to go to, to get my needs met. So she goes to Elisha and she goes, hey, I got needs. I'm hurting. What, what does God want me to do? And he goes, what do you have? And she goes, I got nothing. I got my two boys. We don't have anything. All we have in our house there's a flask of olive oil. That's, all, that's pretty much, that's all we got. And he goes, okay, you got everything you need. She's like, what? He says this, here's what I need you to do. I need you to go collect every jar you can from friends and family, from your backyard, from wherever you can get it. Get every single jar that you can find. And I want you to do this. And you start pouring out that olive oil into all of these containers. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna have faith in something I don't understand or believe. Pulls in all of the containers, starts pouring it out jar after jar. They're in the living room. They're in the windows. They're on the roof. They're all over the place. And then, and then finally it's like, is there any more? No, we ran out. We filled every single one. The flask stopped pouring oil. It, and it, that was it. It was enough to fill all those things. And then the prophet Elijah says, now go and sell all that oil and all your needs are going to be met. Now here's what you got to catch from this story. Woman in need. A lot of us, what's our dream? What's the thing that we need from God? What's the thing we're believing him for? She had faith in God. She went to Elisha. We have faith in God. We're going to church. We're in the word. We're, we're praying. We have a relationship with God. The need being met was, that was to be met was already in her house. Do you get that? The oil was already in the house. She didn't know it. The oil was already there. How many times symbolically throughout scripture is olive oil representative of the Holy Spirit? Guess what? You and I, Holy Spirit lives in us as a temple. Our potential for needs being met are already here. They're already in us. But what did she have to do? She had to activate her faith. She had to round up the vessels and she had to pour the oil. You guys get what I'm saying here? It's about activating it. God says it's available. It's there, but what are you gonna do to get it? The reason I brought this on stage today, can you guys see this? My diving mask, my trusted friend right here and my snorkel. I brought this in because um, we've been having a little bit of a, a relationship problem lately. I've been having a little struggle here, a little problem. The past about 10 times I've been diving, Half the time that I'm down there looking at shells and doing all that I do and enjoying my, my Selah rest time, half the time I'm fighting with this bad boy right here because he started leaking on me about 10 dive sessions ago, right? He used to be a faithful friend and now it's letting me down. And I'm angry about it, to be honest with you. I'm underwater and half the time I'm blessed and I'm stoked and half the time I'm yelling words into the snorkel that you don't want to hear above the water. Like, right, I'm kind of justifying it. God, if I say it underwater into the snorkel, it's, you're not going to hold me accountable, right? But I'm just like, because this water keeps leaking in, getting my eyes and I'm just like, Ugh, fighting it. 
However, I've let it go on for like the past 10 dive sessions. And I come back to my wife every time and I'm like, oh, this mask, I just need to get a new one. This thing's so dumb, I hate it, rah, rah, rah. And she's like, just get a new one already. You, you have the money to do it. You know that a new mask will be better. You know where the dive shop is. Go do something about it. Yeah, I will. But time after time, I just keep on dealing with this thing and I'm swearing at the fish underwater. And there's Pastor Carl just blowing it, right? So time after time, till finally yesterday, I finally decide, like, I have the power at my disposal to actually take the old and toss it, right? Sorry about that. The snorkel's okay. I like the snorkel. I just, the mask, you're, you're rotten. I don't like you. But... So I go to the store yesterday, buy a brand new mask. I'm all set up and I'm all excited. And here's the whole point is, why in my life do I think things are going to get better if I just keep putting up with the same old, same old, when I have the ability, the oil's in your house, the Holy Spirit's in your, in your life. I had the money. I knew where the dive shop, but I could have done something about it. But instead, time after time, nothing changes. Are you guys hearing me this morning? Activating your faith means that you actually go and take action on it. Otherwise, that idea, that dream, that vision, nothing more than a good idea that's going to go to the grave with you. Are you hearing me? What in your life needs to change that you need to actually step out in faith and do something? You're looking to start a new relationship. You want God to give you a relationship that's going to lead to a great marriage and all of that. Well, guess what? You need to call that girl that you like. You need to do something about that. You're saving up for that car or that house. You don't know how it's ever going to happen. Activate your faith. Go open a bank account. Go start a savings account. Start putting money away. God will partner with you. He'll make something big happen. You want a better relationship with your kids? Make time for your kids and talk to your kids. It's Friday night. I had just the greatest talk with my daughter who's 16 right now, junior year. She's going through some stuff. But I knew she was hurting. And I could sit there and go, well, I don't know if teenage girls, so I'm just going to turn up the music and the radio and just drive to church and hopefully she doesn't say anything. Or I could say... I want a good relationship with my kids. I better activate it. Radio off. Words out of my mouth. Hey, how you doing, babe? What's going on in life? And you know what? We talked and we, we shared and she cried and I got to pray for her before church. And it's just like, I had to do something in order to get to the blessing. Are you guys hearing me? The word this morning is, it doesn't matter what you think you believe about God. If you leave it at belief, it dies as a good idea. You gotta activate the faith. Because here's the promise of God is, God will actually help you when you activate the faith. You're not alone. You don't have to go through it alone. It says, Proverbs 16, 9, this verse that says, we can make our plans, but it's the Lord that directs our steps or determines our steps. Psalm 37, 23 says, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of our lives. But what I've learned from this about activating my faith is, if I want God to direct my steps, God can't direct my steps unless I get to step in. Are you guys hearing me? Unless I get to step in, God can't come in and help direct my steps. Does that make sense? Look at it right there. God can't direct your steps unless you get to step in without the G, because it sounds better that way. Get to step in, son, right? Here's what, here's what God is saying is, is, Carl, you want that thing to happen, and you know I'm here to help you, direct you in how to get there, but if you're just gonna stand there and not move, then nothing's gonna happen right? If I want to get across the stage over there and it's like, uh, I want to get there. I don't know how to get there. I think I can get there. I'm not sure how to get there. And God's going, I'll direct your steps. I'll lead you. And you're like, awesome, go. <laughs> I'm never going to get there. Why? Because I got to start taking steps. And my steps, check this out. My steps might be wrong because I can't see it. It's faith in the unseen. I might start stepping this way. I'm stepping, God. And here's what I got to trust. If I'm moving, 
God's going to direct my steps. Hey, take a left over there. Oh, okay, cool. But keep stepping, okay? Keep stepping. You're still crooked, Carl. Get back over there. Okay, okay. You know what's going to happen? Eventually, I'm going to get the, the blessing, the miracle, the release, the dream that I'm looking for in my life. But nothing happens if I just stand right over there and I don't move. Is that make the point? See that God is actually saying, I'll help you activate your faith, but you need to start stepping. Get to stepping. And here's the last thing I want to point out. Activated faith is bigger than just you. This is something we all need to get because otherwise when times get hard, we have a tendency to give up. Why? I've been in this season so long, God, I'm not seeing the promise fulfilled, the dream released. I'm not seeing the blessing or the miracle. I'm not seeing it at all. So what should I do about that? And we need to remember that our faith is not just about us. And this is a, a prime example. As you, as you look through throughout scripture, you see all these verses toward the end of Hebrews 11, where it says people suffered for their faith. They were, they were martyred. They were persecuted. They were whipped. They were beaten. In fact, it says in those verses, some of them were sawn in half because they chose to follow Jesus Christ and not deny their faith. Well, you think about that and you go, what about them, God? I, I don't understand it. They never got to reap the full rewards of having an active life of faith. Well, number one, first, let's never forget about heaven. Let's never forget about the hope of heaven, that life on earth here is a drop in the bucket in eternity compared to the eternal house party that we're, we're going to be throwing when we get to the other side, right? Yeah, Jesus! Everybody's going off. like or The blessing of heaven. So those guys were looking forward to that at the very least. Let me tell you this. None of us in today's day and age have any worry or, or problem about the opportunity to possibly be cut in half, right? That's just, we don't face that. But we go through hard seasons. And we go, but I'm holding on to you, God. How come it's not getting any better? Well, part of it is that you just need to hold on a little longer. God is faithful. Something good's going to come out of it. But secondly, it's not just about you. That your activated faith is bigger than you. Check this out. Your faith is part of someone else's testimony. Did you know that? You ever consider that, you selfish little Christian? Did you ever consider <laughs> that you're living your life of active faith is actually a part of someone else's testimony? You're blessing someone else? You know how I know that? It's because even in that video that was, that was shared this morning, both Vicky and Lisa, part of their story is, oh, and Pastor Carl taught on this. They dropped my name. You know what I realized from that? I'm a part of their testimony. My decision to step out in faith and to become a pastor, preacher, follower of Jesus Christ has resulted not just in the blessings in my life, but someone going, me finding God and taking a step of faith, part of it, is due to Carl. Now, I don't say that to blow my head, my head up, puff my head up with pride. I'm saying it to blow your mind so that you realize every one of you sitting here today in church, someone else did something as a step of faith to speak into your testimony, into your story, to get you closer to God. Every one of us, if I said, how'd you find God? How'd you find the church? You're gonna drop someone's name. So-and-so was praying for me. Someone at work invited me to church. Someone else was, was reading me the scriptures. There's a Bible said, you're gonna drop someone else's name. That means the same is good for you. The way you live your life of faith, even when it's hard, because really that's the only time when faith actually works anyway, isn't it? When it's hard, right? In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, Jesus said, my power actually works best in your weakness. When you're at your worst, that's what faith is all about because you can't see it, doesn't look good. That's when faith is working. And he says, when that's going on in your life and you're going, poor me, where's the miracle? Where's the blessing? God's going, it's bigger than you. People are watching you. The way I live my life right now, even if I go through the hardest of times and I'm going, God, where's the payoff? 
God's going, your kids are watching you hold on to me in the storm. Your kids' lives are going to be blessed. They're going to be better Christians, better people because of what you're going through. Your activated faith is bigger than you, Carl. Oh, wow. See, we have a responsibility that flips it around. It's not just about us. We may go through hard times and never see the payout, but God is going, it's not necessarily all for you. It's what you're doing in your life holding on to me that's inspiring your kids and your grandkids. Heaven forbid that they come along too early because my kids are young. But I'm inspiring generations because I'm holding on to God in the good times and the bad times. Amen? That's what you have the ability to do. That's the power that we have. So the worst thing that the world could throw at us doesn't even matter. God is still working. Here's, here's what I like to think about. You know how we turn in the prayer cards, prayer cards every service and what are the prayer requests and these are things that I have. Here's what I want you to understand if you're thinking, well, I don't really act on my faith. Just the act of you filling out a prayer card is doing something big. Those aren't prayer cards. You know what those are? Those are faith cards. Because if you didn't have faith that God might actually come through and do something, why would you waste the time to fill out a prayer request card, right? So you know what you're doing? You're taking a step of faith, activating your faith, every time you just do the littlest thing and saying, could some people pray for me because this is hurting in my life? I have not a whole lot, but enough faith that says God might come through. He might do something big. Scripture says, all we need is a mustard seed of faith to move mountains, but we have to activate it. So when you fill out that thing, you're activating your faith. Is that a good word this morning? See, us in this whole Christmas blessing that we want to do, this is the first time we've ever done it. We don't even know, what if we only get like five bucks in the offering? What if you guys are all super stingy and you're like, no way, you guys are dumb. I'm doing the shoebox thing. Here's five dollars. What if we get nothing? We don't know. We've never done it before, right? What if nobody fills out a request and we just have no one to, what do we spend this money? I don't know. Let's go buy lunch. No, no, we wouldn't do that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this. Nothing's going to happen unless we take a risk of stepping out and going, God, we want to bless our community in a way we've never done it before. We just want to try something. We are praying and hoping and trusting God that our church is going to give huge and that we're going to come up with requests. And after this Christmas, this is going to be the most beneficial spiritual Christmas we've ever had because we went straight into the community and we just loved on a whole bunch of people and blessed people. It only starts because we're actually taking a step of faith. Are you guys hearing me? So what do you need to do this week to activate something that's a dream of yours? What's the first step? Otherwise, nothing more than a good idea. Let's bow our heads. God, we come before you this morning and we just thank you for the challenge. Lord, I pray that we're up to it. A challenge of an active life of faith, not a passive life, not a, not a faith that's just in belief only, but Lord, a, a faith that's in action that moves us, your people, to do big things, to give you opportunity when we get out of the way for you to show up and to bring blessing that we just never could have even seen coming in the first place. But I pray that you would inspire us this week to activate our faith, whatever that may look like. I don't know what it looks like. It might be with finances. It might be with people. It might be with words. It might be an action where we actually don't do anything. We've been doing something wrong and participating in something wrong for so long. The way to activate our faith is to stop doing the wrong. Whatever it looks like, Lord, help us to activate our faith this week. I also want to pray for anybody in the church right now that you've never really activated a relationship with God in the first place. In other words, you've never even taken the step to become a Christian, a follower of Jesus, and see what he could do in your life. I'd love right now to offer you the opportunity to take the very first step of faith in God, which is just giving him your life. It's the big one. It's surrender. It's God, I trust you over everything else in my life, even my own decisions, circumstances, and hardships. Lord, I'm gonna, from this moment on, trust you and live for you. 
And if that's a decision you want to make, it's a decision that says you believe in what Jesus did at the cross to get us to that point where we can have relationship with God. It's only through the fact that he came down to this planet like 2,000 years ago, he went to that cross to take the place to die for our sin and our separation from God. That if we would believe in him and accept his way of life and have faith in him, then our sins are forgiven. And what he did on the cross was not just for him alone, but it was for all of mankind, us included. And if right now we want to become a Christian, we're just saying we believe that, we receive that, we're going to live it out the rest of the days of our life. And with that first step of faith, your life will change right here and right now. Your eternity will change. But I want to ask you, is there anybody in this room here today? Everybody's eyes are closed, heads are bowed, we're all praying. But I wonder if there's anybody that God's saying, you never took that step yet. You have no idea what I can do, but watch what I can do. Say yes to me. Just, just pray this prayer. Receive Jesus and all he has for you. Become a Christian and watch what happens. And if that's you, I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now. When I count to three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. And by raising your hand, you're basically saying, Carl, I'm praying this prayer with you that I wanna accept Jesus. I'll pray the words out loud. You can pray them quietly in your heart, but you're gonna be praying it to God nonetheless. But I, I, I wanna know who wants to pray this with me. So on the count of three, if that's you right now, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Would you lift those hands right now as I look around? Keep them up till I see you. I see one person here. I see you. I see a person over there. I see someone else over here. Three. How many else is in there? Anybody else with the hands raised that God is moving in your heart right now? Good. I saw about three people. If I miss you, don't worry about it. God saw you. But let's just pray this together. If you'd pray this in your heart, I'll pray it out loud. God, we're here today, and I, I just, bottom line, I need you. I need some help. I want my life to be better. Lord, and I believe that I've found the answers to everything in you. I'm hoping so, God. Here's my step of faith right now. This prayer is I believe in what you did, Jesus, on the cross to die for my sin. Lord, to bring about a spirit of repentance that I would stop living for myself and I'll start living for you. Lord, you paid the price for my sin, but then you did the impossible. You rose again on the third day, defeating death, defeating sin and guilt and shame and my baggage and my issues and my hangups and my hurts. Lord, that you put all that stuff to death so that I could have new life in you. I believe that and I receive it. From this moment on, I will follow you, Father God. And whatever that means, as I learn, I'll begin to understand what it is to, to read my Bible and to pray to you and to accept the power of your Holy Spirit in my life and to go to church, to be surrounded by other Christians. Lord, water baptism, all of that stuff. Lord, I don't even know about it yet, but the cry of my heart right now is, yes, God, would you please allow me to be your child as I follow you from here on into eternity. Thank you for, as the fact that I cried out right now, you met me, you answered me, and I'm in. Lord, from here on out, it's all you, and I'm gonna follow you. Thank you for being my God, for rescuing me from my own sin. And in Jesus' name we say, amen. Can we praise God for those people that prayed with us this morning? That was really good. Really good.